What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of Weekly Walk-Off on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, it's that time of the month, a little bit later than expected at this point. As this drops, it'll be October 8th. But it is the final rendition of Players of the Month, this time September edition. Yeah, excited to wrap this thing up, but most importantly, someone was at a a certain one-game playoff uh, earlier in this week. What was that experience like? Someone was. That someone was me. (laughs) Maybe my voice is giving it away a little bit. I did a lot of yelling. It was far and away the best game I have ever been to. 6-2 was the final score. There was a Stanton homer in the ninth. Uh, It was just about every single thing that could have gone well went well. You watched the ending. It was amazing. The atmosphere was electric. We stood for the entire game. It was that type of energy. Avaldi was excellent. Mm-hmm. The offense was amazing. The defense was great. The Yankees gave the Sox some mistakes to work with. It was it was definitely a game I will never forget. It was amazing. Yeah, it, it was so cool. Um, you know, Kyle Schwarber showed up as he always does, seemingly yep. in the postseason. $324 million pitcher lasted two innings for the Yankees and very, very rough look. Um, but no, as you said, Boston's moving on and just had to make sure we spotlighted it since you were there. No, I appreciate that. Uh, unfortunately, you have to now die on the hill of the Red Sox are going to get swept and it's going to be the most mismatched series that. of the playoffs. So I'm hoping they prove, you, they prove you wrong. I personally will not be going to the ALDS because it's a big trip for me, and I'm going to mm. just be mad if they lose, and I think they <laughs> will lose. <laughs> but that being said, if they go to the ALCS, I am all in. Every single game, every yeah. single home game, I'm there. So I'm hoping oh, for that. That would be awesome. Listen, the important thing, Boston's still alive. They're still yeah. there. They get the series with the Rays. So we'll see what happens. As we know from this MLB postseason, anything can happen. We might even see that tonight as we record this with the Dodgers and Cardinals. So excited for that game. I truly think, too, that this was the Red Sox World Series. I mean, Mm. this was it. I think this was pretty much, well, this was far and away what the ceiling was for this team. They met it. It was the Yankees of all teams. And it's so funny. I won't get too nitty-gritty into the game, but that was pretty much a quintessential Sox game from the end of July on. Except it just so happened to be what the Yankees did instead of what the Red Sox did. <laughs> Cole is chased in two innings. You have a horrible base running mistake, which is when Judge got thrown out at the yep. plate and lost all the momentum in the game. Pitchers literally can't find the strike zones. So the Red Sox base runners were on base, and then they get on a mistake. And that's what the Red Sox were doing. That's why they were even in this position and how they lost their uh, lead in the division to the Rays at the time, which would have happened anyways. But the Yankees looked more like the Red Sox did at the end of the season, and now the Red Sox got that momentum back, and it was just, it was perfect. Everything, again, everything happened the way I wanted it to. I was a very happy camper on Tuesday night. Uh, As you should be, and funny enough, like, it it turned out, it was kind of like a a little bit of the prophecy for it where I said, I trust that Red Sox lineup a lot more than I trust that Yankees lineup outside of Judge and Stanton. I thought that those two plus and then betting on Garrett Cole would get the Yankees through. You know, it turned out that it was that more, that deeper 
you know, Red Sox lineup. Alex Verdugo coming up huge. See, the Red Sox didn't lose the Mookie Betts trade. Um, with, <laughs> Thank you. With, <laughs> People um, might you know, not be happy with that comment, but I, I don't like it. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everyone. Please don't kill me. Um, but it, it, was, it was the depth of that Red Sox lineup is what load th- rode things out for them, and that's why they're going on to face the Rays. I mean, they faced Garrett Cole, Clay Holmes, Chad mm-hmm. Green, Luis Severino, Severino was in, yeah, exactly, and Jonathan Loizaga, and they put up six runs. If you yep. had told me that would have been the lineup out of the pen, I would have been terrified. That's what I was yeah. expecting, and I was terrified. And the, the the offense just got all over them. Bogarts in the first inning finally got out of that slump, like we talked about. It was amazing. Yeah, it really yeah. was. No, it, it was great. So ha- had to bring that up first because, as you said, with you, with you being at the game, too good and had to be able to, to spotlight it for a second. But let's move into Players of the Month then. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's do let's do AL Player. I feel like we Ooh. usually start there. I'll go first. I kind of yeah. liked my pick here. Again, oh, it's hard. Too. it's hard at the end of the season to not take, especially the September push, because we had so many teams pushing for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. It was hard to not pick a team that was in contention. And I would say, actually, three of my four teams were in contention. So I was a little bit more balanced than I than I expected to be. My AL position player of the month was Lord Escuriel Jr. And this guy, his slash line in September, 301-359 with a 634 slug. His OPS was just under 1,000, 994 to be exact. My favorite stat, though, Pat, in just about 30 games, Guriel had 30 RBI in the month of September. And you put that into the playoff race, too, how important that is. He was the heart of this offense. Again, similar to actually how his brother Yuli is, he's probably the sixth most recognizable name in that lineup. He bats in the sixth or seventh spot. And he had four Grand Slams this season. Four! Four Grand Slams. He had a two-homer, seven-RBI game against Baltimore in September. His power came alive. It's not even the first time that that's happened in September. Last year, 2020, in September, he was electric. But those 30 RBIs, that is a game-changer right there. And I felt like that value, not a lot of other AL hitters brought to their respective team. Yeah, I, I love that you went with the RBIs because I really do want to spotlight again in, in the you know playoff chase that the Blue Jays were in, how key that was to be a true run producer in the middle of that lineup, which is exactly what he was for them over September and October. The number I want to point to, his OPS was 994 in those 26 games that he did play, just short of 1,000, but 994, that's about, what, 240 points above league average. Um he was doing some damage when he was at the plate doesn't hurt with a 360 on base as well we know the blue jays were on fire in september they tried to chase down a playoff spot they weren't able to get it but he was a main part of why they were able to ride this thing out until game 162 totally their offense pretty much did it their pitching fell a little bit down the stretch and they couldn't win those big games against the yankees we also to give to give ourselves some credit we called those games when we had andrea on and it was friday night we were watching that that uh Yankees Blue Jays games those were big games and they the Yankees shut them out but Lourdes Mm -hmm. Gurriel again he's never going to be the main name in that lineup even if they don't sign even if they don't re-sign Marcus Semien even if Vlad never has as good of a season as he did this year Lourdes Gurriel I think is always going to be that unsung hero in that lineup and man can he hit 
completely agree. Him and Teoscar Hernandez don't get enough credit yep. for how good they are. I thought about him, too. He has so yep. much power, too. He also had 30 RBIs in Man. the month of September. Un- and can I say, so RBIs, I would be curious to, he- to hear what you think about them. I know, because, because it can be a little controversial. Yeah, it's obviously an indicative stat as in... Yep the most powerful hitters in the league usually lead that category. The, and you need some help in the lineup, of course. Yeah, the judges, but that's exactly where I was going to go. I care about RBIs in this sense mm-hmm. because the Blue Jays have one of, if not the best roster construction, and even more specifically, lineup construction yes. in the majors. They rarely shift. Bichette, Vlad... Semyon, Springer when he's healthy. You've got Hernandez usually in the lead-up spot. I mean, excuse me, in the clean-up spot. And when you have those set positions for these guys to go in, and you have table setters like Bichette and Semyon, then, I mean, Gurriel could be leaving them stranded. If they had a weaker bottom of the lineup, Gurriel would be leaving them stranded, but he is taking advantage, and that's why I think that's such a big deal, because he is just extending this lineup one through nine. All those guys are so dangerous. No, you're so right, and then I give you the counterpoint on RBIs. Your National League MVP this year, Bryce Harper, is going to have 84 this season, yeah. because so it's many of those home shocking. runs were solo yeah. shots. It's such a weird stat, but you know there are some times where I think it really does show a lot of value. And in the final month of the season, when your team needs runs and your team needs to win to stay in it, I I think I'm okay going to it there. And that's exactly what Gurriel was able to produce. Yeah, well said. And I am shocked that you so confidently said that Bryce Harper is your NL MVP. You just strutted it out there right then. Love that. I think he's got it in the bag at this point. Which is crazy from how we were, what, five, six weeks ago when we did that NL uh, MVP race and we had Harper in second. I think he is far and away your MVP choice, but he is also mine. Crazy how quickly things can change in this world. (laughs) Sweet. I got more on that in a second. Ooh, nice. So my American League player of the month, I go to a team that I know you are high on going into the postseason. It's a guy that I think we've heard about for a while. You know, really got a chance to to play regularly in 2021, had a breakout season, and especially had a breakout month of September, and that is Kyle Tucker of the Houston Astros. Tucker hung up a 346 batting average with a 340 on base percentage, eight home runs on his way to 30 for the season, which of course is super impressive. He put up 1.8 war in the month of September, which is uh, was good for sixth in all of Major League Baseball, and a weighted runs created plus of 203. That Astros lineup is loaded. We talked all about it on our MLB playoff preview just a couple days ago. Kyle Tucker is one of the bigger reasons why this Astros offense is so good. What a season he's had really breaking out with the Astros, and wow, what a month of September. I'm so happy you went there. I love it. He is so good. Kyle And he's only going to get better, too. Oh, my gosh. He might win an MVP. Seriously. He's got a chance. When he he's 24 years old right now. Yeah, he is crazy good. And the stature gets me, too. He's so tall and yep, he's so four. lanky that he can just extend his arms and go the opposite way. He has that Beautiful much power left-handed swing. It's, and that's oh. exactly what uh, Stanton did at Fenway Park. I meant to mm. say that Stanton had three home runs at Fenway Park, and only one of them went out. So that just shows you how good <laughs> Stanton is. <laughs> but anyways, back to Tucker. Yeah, that left that left swing is so good. In a ver- we talked about this on the preview pod too. 
in a very right-handed, heavy mm-hmm. lineup, Kyle Tucker brings the balance. And it's pretty nice when your balance guy slugs 557 on the season. That's a pretty good spot to be in for not the Astros. Bad, right? <laughs> not, not bad wow. at all. I'm also really impressed with how he, he really turned things around because he had a rough start to the season. His first 30 games, he had 180. After that, his worst average in a month was 291. So very, very impressive. Also, you know I love OPS, so I have to mention it for for Tucker in September. I I said Gurriel was just under 1,000. Tucker was at 1.1 for the month of September. 72 total bases, which is just insane. So 10 doubles and, and eight home runs. Wow. Uh, for me, de- definitely who I wanted to point to. Houston's going to be dangerous in this postseason. Great series with the White Sox. He's a big reason why to watch. Those are your NL MVP type numbers. Those it's are insane. Bryce Harper numbers. Uh, what and he put up this month's crazy. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about him in a second. Uh, he is so toolsy too. He's he got mm-hmm. a, uh, he has a couple stolen bases in under his belt, right? Uh, yes, 14 on the season. I, yep, I was going to guess 10, so there you go with 14. <laughs> 14 on the season. And he's also, if we're talking about Guriel and the lineup, who benefits more from a lineup construction than Kyle Tucker? Because mm-hmm. they're certainly not going to pitch to Alex Bregman. This year they weren't pitching to Carlos Correa. Yuli Guriel, I'm pretty sure, won the AL batting title. That he did. And then you've got Tucker in there. So he benefits from all those people on the base pass, all those pitchers, just desperately not trying to make a mistake, he gets a mistake, and he he just puts it out of the park. And he is soon going to become another guy that pitchers are very afraid to face. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the Astros are going to lose Correa this offseason. I I have a feeling someone's going to come in and pay him an an unbelievable amount of money, and I've used unbelievable too many times already, so uh, I'm going to try to scrap that for the rest of this episode. But Kyle Tucker's the type of guy that can step in and try and take over that production for them going forward. I agree. I like that. What do you think Correa is going to get? 200 plus. It's Oof. just who uh, who gives it to him. Uh, the Yankees have been linked to it. We know they have some shortstop issues. That would be very interesting if they take the plunge there. The plunge as in the cheater who also happened to beat them exactly. in 2017. <laughs> exactly. It would be a very <laughs> awkward. That you're referring to? Very, yeah. very awkward. I'm not even sure Correa would be interested in it, but yeah, hey, money seriously. talks. So. Money talks. Uh, he has done more than enough this season, though, to prove those numbers. Holy cow, yep. he was so good. What All right, you? I like that. I like that for AL. Let's let's go to AL pitcher. And Ooh, I told you, one. I told you before we started, I was actually getting angry over this category because it was kind of a weak month for AL pitchers, and kind of is putting it nicely. That's very least. nice, actually. I'm proud yes. of you. Uh, that's so, great, actually, that you put it that way. Again, contending teams. I really wanted to give it to Evaldi, who may mm-hmm. have cemented himself as the best playoff pitcher in the history of baseball Clearly. on Tuesday night. Clearly. Thank you. Clearly. Uh, he had a really good month, but then he gave up seven to the Yankees, so that pretty much swayed all the numbers. A lot of good Mariners, guys. I went to Jose Barrios, so we've got a Blue Jays party here in the AL. Clearly. I love it. He threw 39 innings. His FIP is 337, which is just about average. What really stuck out to me, though, and I know how much you love this, I know exactly his walk where percentage was yep. 3.3. That is really solid in a sizable enough 
qu- quantity of innings in 39. He also, you know how much I love this stat, quality starts. Don't mm-hmm. let quality starts go away. I think they're such a good indicator of what a pitcher can provide in his outings. All six of his starts were quality starts. And the opponents he faced, two against Minnesota, which is definitely below average, Oakland once, Tampa Bay once, and twice in New York. Or one was at home, one was away. Those are pretty respectable offenses to going six-plus innings and giving up three or less runs. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I'm completely with you. Some other numbers to look at. He held opponents to a 186 batting average against, more impressively, maybe a 371 slugging. So you just yeah. weren't getting that that hard contact against him. And you know how much I like this stat as well. You went to walk right, which I love. 39 innings pitched amongst the leaders uh, in the month of, of September amongst innings pitched. It's really important to be a workhorse and to be trusted and to go out there and not tax your bullpen. And that is what he did. So I'm totally on board with Berrios. That's a great point because bullpen was definitely a struggle for Toronto down the stretch yep. too. And I just keep coming back to how the roles switched for this Toronto rotation. Hunter Ryu was the definition of a workhorse, yeah, right? And then it year. turned into Robbie Robbie Ray. Of course, he he leads. He's one of the AL leaders in innings pitched, but he really had the stuff. And then mm-hmm. when Barrios came over, he really had the length. So it was an interesting three-headed monster. You hope that Ryu finds it, but he's also getting older. But as I, as we mentioned, we've said it a lot of times before, Barrios was one of the best trade acquisitions, not because he was one of the best pitchers in the AL, but also because they have him under team control for another year. And they're going to make a huge push with him next season. Exactly. He was the main guy I wanted the Mets to push for at the trade deadline pitching wise, because as you said, the extra year of control, the youngness, the potential to turn into an all star, really, uh, or to get back to all star form. Yeah, as do I. So I think he's a building block piece for this Blue Jays team. If they lose Robbie Ray in the offseason, if someone pays him a ton of money, which they certainly may. So I I think that does set them up there and uh, a great end to the season for him. Yeah, definitely. Cool. I will go in. I, I can't say I have a ton of confidence around this, but as you said, American League pitcher was not exactly. Um, yeah, after we bash the category and then still give out awards. Congrats, yeah. Jose Barrios. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I, I'm kind of along this uh, similar lines here. I wanted to go to the Mariners just because of, of course, the, the magical run that we did see from them. And I wanted to go with Logan Gilbert uh, as my nominee for for American League Pitcher of the Month. Why I did so, it was the best month of his very, very young career. And he stepped up and did so in a playoff race, which I think is incredibly impressive for, again, a 24-year-old rookie going out there and being trusted to, you know, take the ball every fifth day, which is what he did. He made six starts. He pitched 33 innings, uh, a 2-7 ERA, just over one whip. You know, he held things in check. He didn't have any blow-up starts this month. I believe his worst one was four earned runs. He kept the Mariners in it. As I said, I was really impressed with the poise that I think we saw from him this year. Held held opponents to a 205 batting average uh, in, in the month of September. And even lower OPS than Berrios actually did at 598, just lower. Um, so just... I, I like it enough that I wanted to go with it. Like I said, more of a shout out for the Mariners and impressed by a rookie able to, to really take the ball in big moments for a team chasing their first playoff appearance in 20 years. Um, so I go with Tyler Gilbert. When you say 20 years. Logan really Gilbert, excuse me. Oh my God. Brings me back. Man. Yes. Uh, I remember Logan Gilbert started the day that Kelnick made his debut. Yes, that so was their was, big day. 
Yeah, it was the perfect storyline. I thought it was going to be a nice story. I really didn't expect too much out of Logan Gilbert this year. I could have confidently said, I don't know how the rest would have worked out. I think if the Mariners made either Game 163 or the AO wildcard game, I would have the most confidence in Logan Gilbert. And I truly yep. believe that. He's young. He doesn't have the postseason experience. But ask the Rays how they're handling that. Ask mm-hmm. Shane McClanahan. Ask Shane McClanahan how he's feeling about not having have any postseason experience, but he's still going to go out there and shove. And I think Logan Gilbert would have shoved in the playoffs. I think he's going to turn into a stud. We saw some really promising things for his development this year. It wasn't a great year from him. No, but it's all right. He's a rookie. He's, he's still, of course, developing his game and getting experience face major league lineups, but he stepped up when they really needed him down the stretch. And that's why I go with him. I really like that pick. It's so funny. I literally researched Marco Gonzalez, Chris, Chris Flexen, Logan Gilbert, and then I threw Tyler Anderson in there just to be nice. I know he wouldn't make the list, but they were all really good. They all had yep. really solid months, and that was a big reason why the Mariners made the push, obviously. Absolutely. Would you have gone Flexen in a one-winner take-all game? Yes, I would. Yeah. Flexen, uh, for me, Flexen was... I still can't wrap my head around the season that Chris Flexen had yeah. for them, you know, <laughs> coming over from the KBO, but yeah. he, he was good enough that I would have given him the nod. Gilbert probably would have been my number two just based on stuff. Yeah, and it would have been really interesting to see him in the playoffs too because he could have been a rover role. He could have come out in the fifth of the sixth, throw three or four really strong innings, wrap things up. That would have been really electric. But yeah. hopefully next year for the Mariners – Let's move to the NL. Let's stay pitcher, because I think we're going to have a fun convo for NL player. Yes. So this one was the obvious pick, and I try not to do the obvious pick, but what Max Fried did in September Mm -hmm. makes him a runaway pick for the September NL Pitcher of the Month. I'll read you his opposing opposing slash line. You ready for this? You know I love opposing slash line, yeah. 201 on base and a 2 89 slug. I could tell you that his ERA is 1-5. I could also tell you that he gave up three homers in 41 innings pitched. You like that I picked Jose Barrios because he threw 39 innings pitched? How about 41, 12 straight quality starts, Pat, to end the season? How about them Braves? We've talked about it before. We love that Braves offense. That's what gets talked about. The reason that the Braves were able to make this change from a really middling team for most of the season into your National League East champions is because of the pitching, and it's because of performances like what Max Free did down the stretch. So I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. I'm not sure why people were so down on Freed. I guess there was just this narrative around the season, Charlie Morton wasn't expected to be as good as he was really down the stretch. Mm -hmm. He was an older guy. They lost Soroka. I thought, I think Max Freed can be an ace on any team in the league. I I truly believe that. Ian Anderson is really, really good. You've got other young developing guys who are going to have an impact again this postseason. But Max Freed is a solid ace on any rotation in baseball. And the best thing about it is he only got better. If he started a little slow, if you remember, Pat, he was your August NL Pitcher of the Month. Yep. Two straight NL Pitcher of the Month awards for Max Freed. That's how you end the season. 
funny you say that. That's why I did not pick him for September. Really? Because I, knew, I knew I had picked him yeah. uh, very recently. So, But, of course, no problem with it for, for how good that he is. So yeah. I... I stick with another playoff team then in the National League. Actually, it's another one that we'll be we'll be facing or seeing tonight as we record this. And I go to Mr. Urias, Julio Urias of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, a great month of September for him. I guess the first thing I'll point out is a 5-0 record if you care about that. I personally do not, but I know that many people do. Uh, an ERA just over 2, 35 innings pitched a 203 batting average against and i won up your 289 slugging against with a 286 that arias held but the most important stat from julio arias in september he did not give up one home run throughout you're all serious of his, all of oh his innings pitched, not a single home run allowed he ranked fourth in major league baseball pitchers among war from that stretch as well that's why i go arias Freed was phenomenal, but zero home runs allowed in a 35-inning stretch. Just too much for me to pass up on. Really meaningful games, too. They Mm -hmm. were fighting for it. They had to win them to try to win that. Yeah, exactly. Up until game 162. That just shows me how good his command is, too. He is so precise with the baseball that he didn't give up one single mistake. Because he didn't give up one single home run. And that's usually what it is. That's why pitchers like Nathan Avaldi are so good. That's why Corbin Burns is so good. They are so precise. And nobody embodies that more than Arias. And he's... Uh, I, he, I hope he goes off this postseason. He deserves so much national recognition. And we mentioned yep. because of Kershaw's injury, he's going to be a straight starter now. I think they would have mo- used him in a dual role. He is going to start probably game two of the NLDS if they get there. We'll see tonight, obviously, but I think Arias is, is literally the X factor for the Dodgers. If he can be as good as he was during the regular season, and you always mention that you you mentioned the win loss record, even if people don't care about that and think that's archaic, mm-hmm. it's not a fluke that he won twenty no. games. No, His team obviously not. rallies around him, and twenty wins. He's the only pitcher in the NL to do that. Yep, only pitcher in all of baseball to get to 20 wins. In all wins. baseball to do that. Thank you. Yeah, no, of course. So very interesting there. I mean, an impressive to 40, 45% ground ball rate, which is obviously very solid and very difficult to do in today's game where, where they lift the ball or hitters lift the ball so often. Just a really great month from Urias. And as you know, you're talking about his impact and, and getting on a national stage. I think he started to get recognized a little more, especially in the World Series. He pitched so mm-hmm. well. Uh, against the Rays from from a year ago exactly Uh, to your point I completely agree I think he's only going to play an even larger role here on the Dodgers uh, postseason and is going to be absolutely vital for them if they are able to get past the St. Louis Cardinals which people will know by the time this comes out but uh, if they are he is going to be a huge reason um, for if they're able to make a run after that it's I I will never get over the Dodgers rotation Mm -hmm. oh Get, be nervous because obviously it's Mad Max, and then you've got Walker Bueller who's going to win a ton of Cy Youngs. Oh, and the third pitcher <laughs> you're going to pitch is the most winningest pitcher in all of baseball. Heads up. Be careful. You might get David Price out of the pen. He's won a World Series and a Cy Young. It's crazy. It's crazy. I also had Charlie Moore in his honorable mention, not even Ooh. because of Max Freed. 0.26 homers per nine. We might love, love that stat on this podcast. We might. Just it limit home runs. We talk about how important they are for hitters. So if you're a pitcher and you're limiting them, it goes a long way in the value Seriously. terms. Seriously. 
All right, I will go first for NL p- position player because I'm. I mean, this is off. the fun one. This <laughs> I'm fun gonna one. let you go off. I don't know how you didn't pick him, Pat. I don't know how you didn't pick him. This guy arguably could have won an every single month from July on. Yeah, basically. It's Juan Soto. <laughs> it's Juan Soto, and it's not particularly close. Bryce Harper had an amazing month. Paul Goldschmidt, give him his flowers, had an amazing month. Juan Soto, in the month of September, hit 373 with a 545 on base percentage. Yeah, that's not Five. a typo. 45, 637 slug. His OPS was almost 1.2, just south of 1.2. And you ready for this? Oh, and a 203 weighted runs kitted plus. No big deal. 103% better than league average. In 102 at bats, he had just 15 strikeouts, but even better than that, 40 walks in 102. <laughs> plate appearances, plus nine intentional walks, he walked in almost half of his at-bats. Tell me how that makes sense. This guy literally vaulted himself into the NL MVP race to the point where I wouldn't be upset if he won it. I wouldn't be. I think it's Bryce Harper, but I wouldn't be upset if Juan Soto wins it because the second half of this year was literally otherworldly. Nobody has ever had a second half like this second half Juan Soto just had. And now I'm out of breath because I'm so passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's so cool. And and you know my just pure admiration for Juan Soto and, and the player that he is. Well, one of the first things I'll go to, a 10% strikeout rate is yeah. so, like just compared to what you see around baseball, j- just for reference, the guy that I picked had a 30% strikeout rate. So th- three times better th- than him. Uh, we know all about the on-base percentage. There's no one with a better eye in the in, in the entire sport. Um, I love Juan Soto. I love him. He's he is one of my absolute favorite players to watch. Uh, it is an art to watch him go to the plate. You know that if you throw it out of the zone, he's not going to swing, and if you make a mistake, he's probably going to hit it 420 feet. Um, the the second half that Juan Soto had, really starting with that home run derby. Yep. Um, was incredible and as you said vaulted him into the nl mvp race i would not be mad if he won it either i don't think he will but i i think he's going to get top three votes and you know finish in there um (laughs) what a ridiculous month yeah i I mean if he had carried this on if he had played at this pace for the entire season i think we would have been having jacob Degrom like conversations about soda yep no you put it perfectly though i'll leave you there your man crush Maybe you're third or fourth in the league. They're slowly building. Slowly. He's slowly building. He, I, I have just, I, <laughs> he's towards the top of that list. I, it's I an did art the whole, to watch him. It is. It is. I, I did the Ted Williams comparison, you know, going into the season, and I only feel stronger about it as we exit the season. So Who would have uh, thought? Who would have thought yep. that you actually feel stronger about that comparison? <laughs> you do. You, you do. It's just, it's incredible. But the guy that I'm going with, and it is no slight on Juan Soto. It's someone I've mentioned the last couple episodes, but now's the time to really look at him. It's Tyler O'Neill of the St. Louis Cardinals. How could you not do Players of the Month and not include someone from a team that won 17 straight games <laughs> during that month? So I go to O'Neill, I go to the Cardinals, and, and why especially he sticks out 13 home runs for September. 
and October. That was it's compared to seven of Juan Soto. If you want to nitpick about the the differences between the two of them, um, it just a two point one WAR from Tyler O'Neill as well, which it is so hard to put up two WAR in a month. Juan Soto also did that, by the way, just to uh, to reference how great both of them were. 377 on base, a 1.1 slugging, 87 total bases, which is out of this world. Just some baseball savant numbers for him, as well as why Tyler O'Neill is such a freak. He is in the 98th percentile in sprint speed, the 80th percentile in outs above average, wow. and the 97th percentile in barrel percentage. The guy slugs it hard. He runs really fast, and he's a plus defender. So I think all of that goes into it, why I thought O'Neal was so so impressive. Uh, for me, my player of the month, it was more of a looking at the Cardinals as well, as I said, just as a team with the ridiculous run that they went on to get into the postseason. But has there been a better race between Soto and O'Neal in any month? I'm not sure no, there has been. That's actually a great point. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned wanting to give the Cardinals their flowers. I think Tyler O'Neal probably could have won it anyway even mm-hmm. if the cardinals didn't go on a 17 game streak yeah i i would say that hit the power finally came for him it finally came we've been waiting yeah. for a while and it is here it is it here, is here. And he also is one of the more well-balanced players in the league i mean those numbers are incredible i had no idea he was that fast oh yeah it's the the defense the defense i knew was there he's right in the middle of that lineup he's slugging the heck out of the ball and then to be on the base path with that underratedly high on-base percentage mm-hmm. and to be able to wreak havoc on the base pass, it's, that's exactly what makes a player valuable. He has everything that a player needs to succeed. He does. He's a, he's a stud for the Cardinals. And as you said, he's a player that I think the Cardinals have had some high expectations for, for a little while and exactly. have waited for him to really come into his own. Well, he came into his own this year because just – 34 home runs, 80 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, a 350 on base percentage, and just the one of the crazier months put up by anyone this season. Um, wow. What an, what an end to the season for Tyler O'Neill, and we'll see if he can continue it here in the postseason against <laughs> I love Max that. Scherzer. Right? I would love to see him do well. I would love to see Carlson do well, and Bader, and Wayno, and yep. Lester. I mean, you can go on and on. The Cardinals are an easy team to root for because they have so many guys that are not necessarily turning back the clock. Maybe Yadier Molina falls into that category, but have just waited so long to put it all together. And in that 17 game win streak, they were able to do that. Yeah, I uh, I can't root for them until the ghosts of Wainwright and Yadier Molina are gone because I'm still okay. scarred from 2006. Fair um, enough. 15 At years later, eight. I st- <laughs> yes, I still carry that grudge with me 15 years later. So we, we need the two of them to retire, and then I can Fair I enough. can root for them. But Tyler O'Neill's a fun one to, to root for for sure. So I did something fun, and I have a surprise for you and for our listeners. Yeah, I went back and I listened to the monthly episodes that we did throughout the entire season and i have compiled the list so if you would allow me i would love to list off all of our winners from every let's month. run through it so you did two on your own you did april and july solo so i'll start in april and we can see the progression of the league i think this is equally parts hysterical and also <laughs> You'll see how many repeats there are and how much dominance yeah. there was. And then we can kind of reminisce about who had the most dominant season. And it seems like Tyler O'Neill maybe already takes the cake. But all right, <laughs> let's go back all the way to April. You had Byron Buxton and Danny Duffy in the AL. And you had Justin Turner 
and some guy named Jacob deGrom in the NL. Wow, now, I wish I wish three out of four of those guys could have stayed healthy this could year. Could have stayed Bucks, healthy. Buxton, Duffy, and DeGrom all dealt with some serious injuries. <laughs> you are right. Let's move on to May. In the AL, Pat, you had Adolis Garcia and Lance Lynn, and I had I Marcus Semien and Rich Hill. Rich Hill was one of the more hysterical picks. In the NL, you had Max Muncy and Zach Wheeler, very strong picks, and I had Nick Castellanos and Brandon Woodruff. Not in bad. June, not not a bad list. Though that was a pretty strong month for us, actually. June, there's one man. There's one man, and his name <laughs> is actually I don't even know who you're gonna say. Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Is that what you were gonna say? So yeah, Schwarber. The way we the way we framed it actually was that Vlad and Degrom were the universal picks, but we can't pick them every single month, so we're gonna <laughs> pick other guys too. But I'll start. So you picked Matt Olson and Robbie Ray in the AL. And I picked Carlos Correa and Kyle Gibson. But the man of the hour was Kyle Schorber. He was our first yes. universal pick. Had one of the most historic months ever. Jake Cronenworth was honorable mention. And then for NL Pitcher of the Month, you picked Herman Marquez. And I pitched, I picked Trevor Rogers. That was a great... We could, well, let's go back to Schorber because he was absolutely amazing. In July, you were solo again. You picked Rafael Devers and Lance McCullers Jr. in the AL. And Mr. Juan Strong Soto second halves from and Walker Bueller. Wow, I that picked some really good, good second too. halves from that yeah. one. Nice. So that was a good one. And then the last one we did in August. Interesting pick here. Some interesting ones. Ahmed Rosario and Robbie Ray in the AL. I picked John Carlos and Robbie Ray was the unanimous pick. And we had mm. a second unanimous pick for NL position player of the month. Do you remember who it was? NL position player in August. Oh, I don't. CJ Crone. Oh, Mr. of course, Rocky. yeah. I mean, I think his OPS. Yeah, his OPS was well above a thousand. He beat out Bryce Harper. He literally yes. beat out Bryce Harper in August. Yeah, I think we honorable so mentioned him. Yeah, yeah, that, yep. that's true. And then, as we mentioned, you picked Max Fried for your NL Pitcher of the Month, and I picked Corbin Burns. Thoughts? What do you think? How'd you do? How'd we do? How do we look I, after I looking thought- back on these months? I mean, I think coming back from it, I think we all did. We both did pretty well, you know, yeah, picking. I kind of at, You know, especially going on a monthly basis, of course, things are going to fluctuate. My question for you is which player had the best month out of all of them? Um, yeah. I think, I still think it's Kyle Schwarber in June is the first one that I go to because of how ridiculous that was. Um, you know, Jacob DeGrom pitching wise in April is not, not bad either. I definitely would have. I definitely think both of those. I think Schwarber, and it's basically just honorable mentions for the other. Robbie Ray. You could mention August. Soto and O'Neill from this yeah, year. Too. I mean, from th- September too. This one too. was crazy. Ray in August was unbelievable. Yes. Crone in true. August was unbelievable. I was literally losing sleep over the fact that Crone wasn't traded. That's how good yeah, he yeah, was. Um, crazy and don't forget how good byron buxton was yeah he was so good at the beginning too garcia had a monster month in may he was runaway Mm -hmm. for al rookie of the year that year yeah fell off unfortunately a little bit but great month really good ones though we got so the the repeats were juan soto was on there twice freed was on there twice um ray ray yep thank you and i believe that's it I think probably the Dodgers are the most represented team. Mm. Turner, Muncy, Wheeler. Uh, excuse me, Bueller. Yeah, there's a lot. 
No, uh, no. There's one Sox picks, one Yankees picks. I we I think we did a really good job of picking from teams that are contending and also not. Nick Ca- Nick Castellanos had a crazy start to the season too, but it it, it all goes back to Kyle Schwarber. What he did yeah, for, for the for Nationals yep. in June, that home run stretch was absolutely incredible. And I got it. I got to be a pain one more time. I think Joey Votto deserves to be on this list. Mm. I would have picked him. July. I think July. I think you picked Soto yep. over him, right? I yeah. did. I did. Obviously, That's I can re- uh, I can yeah. appreciate that because it was the month after the Derby too. But Joey Votto, man, what a year! What a year! <laughs> what a year! So happy to have his resurgence uh, yes. this season, and he's just yes. one of the better guys in the sport too. So totally. that was great. But I'm so happy we started doing this back at the end of April and continued it here through October. This has been a ton of fun to be able to look back on uh, each month. Yeah, I, I loved it. And then we also have the final second half MVPs yep. for every team. So we're gonna we gotta figure out a time to do that because we gotta keep up with the postseason. We're gonna do our awards show. We're gonna do some reviews of the entire season, what we thought. I'm so excited. This is my my favorite part of the season is looking back and finishing everything up. And then we've got obviously the amazing postseason going on at the same exact time. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It started off awesome last night. We'll see how it continues tonight. And oh, then yeah. Division Series on Thursday. And then by the time this thing drops on Friday, you'll everyone will already know who won that wild card game. And day one of the Division Series will be down. Oh, man. We're in it. We're in it. Let's do We're it. We're in it. Let's do it. But all right, that will do it for us here on the Did You Hear podcast weekly walk-off edition. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a rating as well, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Did You Hear Pod. We are walking off into the weekend, and Emma, that's a wrap. <laughs>